Welcome to the Bushy Black Brother Network. Good evening and welcome to Women Tech Talk. And I'm here with the host and leader, Alicia Carr. How are you, Alicia? Hello, it's me. <laughs> so um, we're back to Women Tech Talk because Alicia has just got back. Actually, I was with her. <laughs> just got back from London with the BCS. What was the call of the conference that you went to, baby? It's called Spa Conference. Spa Conference, and it was hosted by the BCS uh, Chartered Institute for IT. So BCS is the British Computer Society, LTD. So how did you run at getting into this conference, Booby? Um, I submitted a talk to them. And I think it was listed on Women Who Code newsletter. And so a lot of the um, conferences now don't go through a certain, like there's Paper Call, I.O. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are posted in like different places for women to submit the talk. And so I just so happened to submit a talk there and... You have to log. You have your own login, and you check, and you know the okay. status of your talk, so forth, so on. So they're soliciting. It's not like you have to go looking for them. They kind of solicit and say, "Hey, look, let's put it out there so women can easily find it," mm-hmm. as opposed to y'all go find out and see what's available. Well, that's what a lot of tech conferences do now. You know, okay. there's a lot of people in technology, and what they do is that they reach out, they ask for people to submit a talk, and if they like. The, the submitted of your talk. Yeah, the content. Yeah, the, and then they would say, hey, listen, um, we would love you to keynote. And so that's how I got a lot of, you know, got into the, the tech conferences is by submitting uh, a talk, you know, several of them. So help me with the difference. Um, and maybe some of the people may not know because you sometimes you, you talk and sometimes you keynote. What's the difference between the two? Keynote is when you open up the conference. You can gotcha. open up the conference at the beginning. You could do a lunch keynote, or you can close the conference with a keynote. And that's where one talk, that one time, mm-hmm. everybody has to be there to listen to that talk. That's a keynote talk. That's a keynote. Mm-hmm. Or if they say, we would like for you to have a talk during our conference. That's a difference. Than that's a difference. Cause, yeah, that's difference because there's like... Um, Certain times they'll have two or three different keynotes on a certain time. So, for example, after the keynote, you may have five different talks, mm-hmm. you know, um, at right after the keynote. So you get to choose from different ones that you want to listen to or learn from right, right after that. So th- that's why I'm asking because, you know, I don't want people to just think you went to the conference and everyone had a keynote because mm-hmm. it's called a keynote. But the keynote is the main, one of the main ones. Right. Well, and they strategically putting that in the conference, right? Because, like you said, you you start it or you end it, end it, mm-hmm. or like a mid lunchtime. Yeah, say like, hey, look, mid lunchtime. This is right before lunch or whatever. We want to make sure y'all get this one, mm-hmm. and then we move on, and then more talk, 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 talks. Exactly. Okay. So, which one did they actually? Which one did you submit? Put it that way. I submitted um, how I became a developer at fifty one. 
at 51. Mm -hmm. So that seems to be like a pretty popular because... Why do you think it's popular? Put it that way. Because of the fact that a lot of people who are challenged, let's say, okay. who don't believe they can do anything, no matter what age they are, mm -hmm. I inspired them because at the age of 51, I taught myself how to code to gotcha. build a domestic violence app. So it became such a popular talk because a lot of people don't believe they can do it. They'll get to a point in their lives that's like, I can't do this. I'll just... You know, be where I am. I'm hearing, I hear this all the time. Mm -hmm. for, and he's like, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. Or not that I don't want to do it, but nobody's going to support me in doing it or nobody's going to want me once I do it. And once they hear my story, they're like, You just motivated me to. And it's not just women, it's men. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then there's young, young people of all ages that mm -hmm. I have inspired, not realizing that I have inspired them to further on a career in technology and to coding. So who did you who did you coordinate with? There was a I know we we met a couple of people but um um who was the like the main coordinators and who did you kind of Talk interact to? with? It, interact G with. When I was there or with during the conference. The, or Giovanni is the main person. Um okay. Jen Jen Ashley been new for years. Um And who is Jen? Jen is the how would you say the one of the directors of women to call Europe? Europe, yeah, yeah, yeah. not not just one location, Europe. Yeah. So she she handles Europe. Yeah, she handles Europe. Yeah, so yeah, I met her. She was an amazing. Jen too. is off the chain. Yes, yes. She's, she's so intelligent, so poised, very, very intelligent. I've really very powerful. Her. Yeah. Very powerful. It was a pleasure meeting her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you said Giovanni. And she's one. Yeah, Giovanni and her is the chair for. Um, for the um, Sparks Bar Conference. So, what is Giovanni's position, though? Um, Giovanni, they say he's one of the chairpersons. Just a chairperson. Yeah, he's conference the chair. He, him, and Jen are the chairpersons of the um, organizers for the Spark Conference. So, Jen really is the director of Women Who Code. But outside of being the chair, did did he say what else that he did? I don't remember. He worked for. I remember he worked for a company, but I don't remember the name yeah. he worked for. I didn't I didn't really get a chance to break that down because, you know, he was <laughs> me and him was talking and he said, Yeah, I talk a lot. I said, I talk a lot too. And <laughs> so it was kinda hard to get that in to say, Oh, by the way, where do you really work? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if we was to contact Giovanni, he would tell us what it meant. Yeah, yeah, he would. But yeah. he he was he was He's an amazing he had, person. He was great. I loved too. I mean he had a great energy and I love the way he just, you know, like Alicia, you know, we were so excited you being here, you know, and that was amazing just hearing him yeah, say so that. He, he was he was really good, and um, the setup was pretty decent. We was I forgot what building we was in. Now this is a small conference. Yeah, it was a, but the it's um the BCS, which is the British, British Computer Society, right? They are seventy thousand strong community. But yeah, because they do a lot. They do a lot of certifications and a lot of computer training, and they're part of a, a, a huge society. And mm -hmm. mostly they have in a magazine. The UK, yeah. yeah, they have a magazine. Mm -hmm. Also, they have um, actually do data on women in tech, trying to keep the numbers strong and knowing how many women are in technology, coding. The numbers or how low the numbers are for women in technology and how to bring up the numbers. Mm. We did talk about, you know, they did an interview with me and they wanted 
me to help them understand. I said, the first thing is, is that you got to spread the word. Women have to see other women doing it for them to bring the numbers up. You said they're doing your, doing your talk as well. Though. Yes. Because yes. one of the gentlemen kind of, you know, and you can you know, kind of improvise or whatever. And he was like, so how do we get more women to really get into it? And, and you basically said. You have to expose more women to other women. I mean, so, you know, women don't feel that they're good at it until they see another woman doing it. And you also have to expose young girls to it as well. Yeah. And so, you know, they don't want to see a man. They want to see a woman. or a, And I, it's nothing wrong with seeing a man, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make a woman want to be a coder. So subconsciously, it's not that they don't want to see a man, but... If you see someone like you, exactly, you can gravitate toward it a lot more easier to say, wow, I, I've seen someone that looks like me mm-hmm. or the same gender as me or same color as me. Wow, maybe I can do this. Right. And, you know, the norm is a white male showing up and telling you, you can do it. But if you keep seeing the same people, how do you know that you can do it? It's different when you see, it's like, that's why I was telling people, um, I was doing a conference for Lean In and I came in late and I jumped on stage and then the host said, Alicia, you know, Alicia did this, 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 Alicia, tell your story. Mm-hmm. And so I'm telling my story and then, you know, once I got off the stage and all these young people just came, gravitate to me and like asking me all these questions. And and then I realized that's when I think I, that's when I realized that I'm have inspired, I can inspire young people or when they see me, they understand, they realize who I am. But you can inspire more than young people. So, well, I, I wasn't I aware of that. I wasn't well, so. I, I've told you, but you didn't believe it until you saw it. I've always told you. I said people are listening to you when you don't think they are, and some people won't tell you, but you can tell by their whole body language, their their focus when you're talking that you are inspiring them, and they're saying, "Wow!" And then you know when I have the off conversations, when you're in the middle of talking with people, you are inspiring. People, there's people, and I know you had the conversation. There's people that's saying, I can stop what I'm doing now and I can start a whole new career because look at what she did. And that's what you've done, you know, and that's what makes it more amazing. I know it's 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 crucial to get the young people so a, a generation can walk into it and know that they can do it. But I think it's just as important that people who felt well, I can only just be an admin for the rest of my life to say I can change careers because look at what Alicia did at 51. Yeah, I understand. So I just find that, you know, your your inspiration is is really key. And that's why uh, these talks are really important. But this, the BCS is, they started in 1957. Mm-hmm. This, that, is, this is an old organization. Yeah, though. it is. It is. And and like I said, it's a, a unique organization. You know, because they when the guy told me, he said we got seventy thousand members, and to me that seems kind of small. But where you're talking about Britain, that's big. The UK, yeah, absolutely, that's big. And you know, for what they're trying to do in this small community is amazing. I was very surprised that this conference was so small. 
but it didn't bother me. It was the. But it, it shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm, absolutely. I mean, for them to bring me down to London to do a small conference is a hell yeah kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? But your content was relevant. Yeah, it was about the content, and and the thing is that you should never lose sight of is your story resonates around the world. That's true. It's not just that's true. Lawrenceville, Georgia. Yeah, that's true. Your, your story resonates everywhere because somebody in Budapest may said, I can never be a coder. And you show up and said, hey, it took me 51 years, but guess what? I'm doing it and I've done it and I'm letting you know you can do it too. Mm-hmm. And that person was like, wow, I guess I can. And, you know, when we went to London, what was the responses after you got off stage? Because, no, tell me how you did your talk. And you did make some changes on that. Well, I made it more of a storytelling. Okay. And so because there was so many things that I was missing and a lot of things that I realized that was very important to the story was the fact that how I put my hand on my first computer and how... It continued on, not realizing that that touch continued on within my life. Mm-hmm. The fact that I decided to learn MS DOS and D base. Right. And everybody was f- laughing their asses off because they knew back then that was the only way to code. Exactly. And so, me putting it on my resume, getting the job, and realizing that I have no college degree, and these dumb, dumb women over there had to have a college degree to do customer service. And that's when I realized just how powerful learning computer programming back then was computer programming. It wasn't coding. It wasn't coding. Yeah. Yep. It wasn't. The way for me to get into computers. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's why I kept, I kept telling that story the way I did because I started to realize it didn't just start there. I just kept on learning on and on and on from hardware to HTML and but you had an appetite for technology. Right. And that's what, and so, cause people, cause I started on people understand, well, you just, you didn't know no other code. And so when I was telling the first story the first time, I didn't mention that. Right. And right. so when people say, you didn't have no other hands on code, when I realized, yes, I did. Yeah, you yeah. had plenty of it. I had plenty of it. So I had to change it up to let them know, I have been coding this much and learning this much and this much. Right. And still, so don't think I just all of a sudden. Out of the blue said, I'm, I'm going to do this. Code. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. So you had brushes of coding and programming as your career went on, your life went on. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I really liked that you actually did too was you didn't just go with tech. You kind of started saying, during my life, I traveled here and as a mother and then because my husband did that, I had this and then I started working. Because it didn't sound like you was had a whole tech career. Because you didn't have a whole tech career. You had a life as a mother, as a wife, as just a regular worker with tech in between there. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, I liked it because some people never think that way. Because when you walk on stage, you're a coder. They forget that you have a life. Outside of that, mm-hmm. other than, oh, I just love coding. Because you that's true. Part of your talk earlier was, I always wanted to code. So it sounded like I've been coding all my life. Right. Exactly. But in a way, you have been, but you did have a life in between there outside of coding. Yeah, because I found ways to, like I was telling them about the website. Mm-hmm. I created this website. 
because I wanted to learn HTML. Then I realized, oh, I found this thing that I wanted to do for my daughters to get the books, save it on the website. You didn't, you didn't go enough into that, though. No, I didn't. I know I didn't. But I think it was crucial that you kind of inject it because Amazon didn't have any black books. <laughs> and you really couldn't find any black books. So, because you said it before in one of your talks when you was talking about that you created a website and you said Amazon couldn't do it and Barnes and Noble and all of that. So I decided to make a website when I found these books to put it on there so people can do it. Mm -hmm. And I even had relationships with the authors. So you, you've done so much in your life that people can know that you're not myopic and I've just done this. No, I've done this. I've done that. Exactly. I had stores. Yeah. I had this. I used my technology mind to start selling online as opposed to um, a brick and mortar. But when even when I got a brick and mortar, I went online to find out new vendors. And you've done so much through your whole career in life with technology but it wasn't exclusive in technology. Yeah, and that, but that, that, that's, that kind of shows in my talk. You mm -hmm. know, it tells them, it tells everybody, look, I wanted to be in technology, man. Mm -hmm. You know, be, you know, when it's, it's at this point in this in, in our lives where this is where I wish it was when we were in our 20s. Because we would have been totally into it. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, and I tell another thing, I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I was like, there's not too many fifty year old nerds right now who are black. Not many. It's not, not many. too there's many. There's a lot of programmers that that really stuck with the programming as mm -hmm. opposed to the coding. You know, they're they're um, programmers with you know big time software degrees, but they yeah, never went yeah. into the coding like. You know, mobile. Let's, yeah. let's say mobile. Like I met some young guy at the Best Buy who's in the home automation that he actually built a, a motor. He bought the motor off of, I, I can't remember, but he built the curtains. The rods come up and down. His oh, okay. whole, he said his house is 98% home automated. Wow. Except for the solar panels. <laughs> he was a young guy, though. Yeah. He was younger than us, and me and him sitting there just going back and forth talking about it. Mm -hmm. Like I said, how many 50-year, 55-year-old people? And he was Can trying- that kind of conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, this is who I am because you made me somewhat some part of it, the home automation part. You mm -hmm. maybe do, and I do a talk on that as well. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that there's not too many of me out there. And that's no. why I call and myself a unicorn, because, you know, nobody can relate to who I am. Well, there's not too many people. And then when you say unicorn, sometimes people just think there's one side of, well, you're a unicorn because you're uh, a female black coder. No, no, no. There's plenty of female black coders. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So you're a unicorn because you're a female black coder who does mobile and have an app at 51. No, no, that's that's not just it either. I'm a 51 year old that can sit down with anybody when it comes to technology and talk and about talk about it. it. Yeah, and I got an app. Yeah, and I'm building another app. Yeah, and yeah. I know about these things, and I want everyone to know that you can do it too. Exactly. So, 
That's makes me a, I have a list of things that makes me a unicorn. It's just not one thing. Exactly. That's where it's confusing with a lot of people. I got men telling me, well, you know, yeah, I can relate to you. No, you can't relate. No, you haven't lived my life. No, you can't relate. Yeah. I'm sorry. I No, you can't relate. It's. I mean, this this one of those things that, you know, everybody, you know, is so impressed with who I am. But so when you say you can't relate, did you tell them why you can't? No, I tell them why they can't. So why they can't? Because my experience and my story is totally different from yours. And you cannot compare me to your story. Because a lot of them try to compare. You know, I'm an old person and, you know, I'm having the same difficulty. Yeah, but you're not a black woman. So that's my point. You don't gloss over the obvious. So when when you're telling them that, don't gloss over the obvious. Well, first of all, you're not a black woman. Mm-hmm. So you don't know the struggle that I had to do as a black woman. That's mm-hmm. the primary thing. So when you say, I know how, no, you may know the aspects of being old, but that's just one part yep. that you can relate to. So saying there's certain parts that I can relate to, I got you. But you can't definitely not relate to what I've, what I've been through mm-hmm. because that's, that's just true. So what was the feedback that you got, you know, as soon as, you know, I, I was there when you had the the questions before the talk was over. But when it was officially over, there was a whole bunch of people. Oh, yeah. See, so, so a lot of people, the one thing I've learned when I do my talk, a lot of people don't like to ask, want to ask questions. Oh, during. Yeah. They like to talk to me on a personal level. And some of them um, are like, I really love your talk. It changed the way I think about um, what I need to not only do in their in their in their how would you culture, mm-hmm. but also um, what they want to do for their daughters or um, their wives or um, or even the women in their in, in their in their in their jobs. Right, right. You know, and you know how they've been through it. You know, and how difficult it was for them. And what do we? What can I do to make a change in in my culture, in my you know, and my employment? Okay. So a lot of management. So you know, um, I did this talk for um, Swift Fest um, a couple at? of weeks ago in June, Where and at? I got a standing ovation for closing. Where at? Um, that was in Boston. Okay. Okay. And so did the same talk. And the um it's different response to, depends on where you go with the story. No, no, I got you. They I mean, they love the story there too. And a lot of them, um, like I said, a lot of them ask questions. In fact, um Steve Marshall, who works for the government, mm-hmm. he's offered to help me um um Department of Justice, right? Yeah, Department of Justice. Right. And he offered to help me build my app in um, GitHub, open source. Okay. You know, um, so those are things that, you know, again, is um, amazing because just a lot of people in different areas, for example, Swift Fest wants me to help them with their conference next year. Really? Yes. So. Based on what? Based on the fact that there's not too many black people there. (laughs) Based on the fact that there's not too many um, black people helping out. Oh, okay. So they they want a perspective. Part of what you was talking about, one of your talks is about diversity, about if they think, oh, we, we got a good conference, black people to show up. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't have black people helping you set it up, 
you probably won't get a lot of black people showing right. up. Right, and no, they got. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of black the the my my people that I know. Remember the big guy, um, Shabazz. Mm-hmm. He was there. The one that was we saw at the um, uh, at um, WWDC last yeah. year. He was there. Then my other friend from Florida, who's Iosa Bella, he was there. Wow, he came all the way up there. Mm-hmm. And then my boy, um, um, it was Jasbo. He was there from California. Right. And so all of them are black male developers. Black male. Yes. Yes. You know, emphasis on the male again. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so there wasn't too many black women there. You know, um, there was, and it was more male than there were women. Obviously. <laughs> well, we know there are women iOS developers. No, so the, the problem with that is, you know, a lot of input, and sometimes when I go to with you, is you see more women when it's a women's conference as opposed to a regular conference, and there's not a lot of women there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they should be part of the regular attendees women should be because there's a lot of women coders and programmers Mm -hmm. and tech people that are women but it seems as though because it's male dominated they they get an uncomfortable feeling and maybe i won't feel welcome there right and um i think you help when you show up and say well uh i'm keynoting or i have a talk and they'd be like, wait a minute, wow, they have some women with some talks or keynotes on there. So it may attract more women to show up too, which which is a good thing. Because I think one of the younger ladies that was there, I forgot her name, forgive me. But uh, she was real excited just to be there and then to have you there. Because she was telling me, she's like, really good. I, they, they tried to make me do a talk, but I tried my best. And she didn't really have a lot of confidence. But... It made her feel confident that when you went up there Mm -hmm. and she said, I think two days later, she went in and spontaneously they wanted her to speak about something. So she had the confidence to walk back up there and do it again because she saw that you did it. And, And again, that's why I said that's the amount of influence that you have with a background and confidence to say, yes, you can. You know, um, which was which was really good. And that's why I, I kind of asked, and I'm glad you said that. What was the feedback afterwards? And then you said, yeah, people aren't, aren't going to ask spontaneously and in the middle of the, oh, the no. talk. Oh, no. A lot of, the, like, for example, one girl put on Twitter after I did the talk that she was abused and raped wow. and dragged. And I was like, that is... And she said, because of Fine Black Woman, she got the strength to talk about it. Wow. And so that's what I talk, that's what I really, really see the, the power of my talk and how it expire, inspire people to release or get to, to do what they want to do. Gain to, confidence. Yeah, gain, exactly. Gain, gain the confidence. confidence. Mm-hmm. And so that, like, for example, that talk is the most popular one. If I, like, for example, I just submitted to Drang, Django Conf USA, US, and I keynote the same talk to them last year. And oh. I submitted two other talks. Was that the one in Italy? No, this one was in um, Spokane, Washington. Oh. And so when I submitted the other talks, um, um, the forgotten coder, women coders, mm-hmm. they didn't want to do hear that one. Okay. And so the other one was um, United We Stand, 
uh, together un, uh, together we stand or something like that, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to do, me to do that one. Okay, so totally understand that. Oh, because it doesn't fit into their um, actual yeah what talk. they want to hear about yeah it, exactly so yeah and no I move on those are the things I'm you know I've learned like for example there's a Swift conference in New York mm-hmm. it's I think it's something Swift NYC and that's one of the most popular ones in New York and they do one every year and she do she picks her people so that's Swift though it's only Swift. Mm. And so from there, I keynote in um, Amsterdam. So that one is the same talk I'm, I talk now. So I think it's it's important. I mean, the one that you roll out is how people can see themselves. Yes. And I think that one, you know, gains confidence. I did like the one you didn't put out there. What about diversity? Yeah, I took that out. Was that? Because it's not what people want to hear. Really? It, the diversity part got to the point where it's more important to get men to help women. Right. They can make a change. And you told me this. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like you, you can't put this in. You can't put this in if it's going to make them mad. Oh, un- said, uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. So I said, okay. Took it out and said, okay, this is what y'all need to do. Y'all can fix this. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is support the women that works in your August office. Yep. And that support is not degrading them, you know, insulting no. them, you know, telling them, you know, you don't want to hear what they got to say. Support them. Mm-hmm. They're there. They want your support. I had one at the Swift Fest. One girl said, well, how do I get people to, to see me and respect me? And I was like, those men that's sitting there, that's disrespecting you, that one of them is going to help you. I said, you know who they are. They support you and you don't realize they're supporting you. Get them to support you. Because if you get them to support you, then everything changes. Yeah. It changes the whole scope of the whole office. So you're going to have to fight that battle because you can't just sit there and just think that they're going to just see you. Or or respect you just exactly, to respect Exactly, exactly. I said, yeah, I said, girl, get one, get two of them. Hell, get three of them. They will help you, I promise you. But you got to go to them and say, I need your help. Yep. So I said, it goes, it goes that way. So that's what I tell, you know, when women or men ask for, what do I do? Help them out. Mm-hmm. Stop. I mean, that's why I stopped talking about the diversity thing because everybody talks about the diversity thing. And, yeah. and the thing is, is that it's not working. And I don't want to it, say it's, it's not working. It's, it's not just, working at a faster pace. Right. It's not working at the pace that you want. Right. And everybody wanted to work at a faster pace, and it's not. It takes time. And it's going to take a lot. The statistics have shown it's going to take a lot of time to get the numbers up for more women to be in technology. And it's really when the mindset of the management makes it unacceptable that people are not treating women equally. Well, see, my friend Richard became VP of the, the, the software engineer part of the company. Mm-hmm. And I've been telling Richard for the longest. I was like, Richard, you know, you just can't. There's just not going to be easy for them to just to bring in somebody. Okay. And he's like, no, Alicia, they can do it. Now that he's VP, he said, you know what, HR, you know, I'm looking at the HR and and the the um the resumes are not even 
coming in for minorities. Mm-hmm. I said, I, they, don't, they don't think you're going to hire them. I told you that. He they said, they come in and they get scrutinized and, and they're like, said, I'm not coming I back asked, there again. He said, I asked HR to do this. I was like, I know you did. I said, but they don't know where to go. Or when they do show up, somebody's saying something different. If I know when I show up and they're asking me, they scrutinizing me a lot more than somebody of another color, I'm not coming back. And then when someone say, hey, you know what? They got an opening. Yeah, I went over there. They're not hiring any black people. Or, yeah, I went over there. Yeah, but They're see, not hiring any women. And but see, and this is the thing. He, that's what he wants. So HR, don't, HR is stopping it at that point. HR is because he's saying, he's telling HR, I, I need to have more minorities up in here. Mm-hmm. And HR is, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, we can help you. And he said, Alicia, these resumes are coming in, and this is not what I'm looking for. I said, did you tell HR to go? I said, the, I said what you need to be telling them is to go to Women of Code. Yep. They got a great database of, of women, women and, and- yeah. Women of color. I said, so what about going? I said, there's so many other organizations that they can go to to get minorities. But see, most HR, being honest about it, most HR go online with the monsters. Yes, that's exactly. And, exact, and, indeed, and that's where they get it from. Yeah, right? and yeah. that's exactly. And not, and he, and You're I, not going to get them that way. Right. But he has to tell them where to go. And yeah. I told Richard, tell them where to go. And, and then I, it's, it's a little more work. Yeah, but he but he'll get what he wants. Exactly the same with automatic with uh, WordPress. This black guy emailed me talking about how do I get more black people, and I said, "Dude, why are you asking me? Women of Code has got a whole conference going on. If you want women, yep." He said, "Well, it's kind of too late." I said, "Well, then you need to understand that you need to go over there, talk to Women of Code. They have a database of where you can post your job." It does. I mean, when you post your job, women will apply if they feel they could fit in. I said, another thing is, a lot of women don't got no WordPress experience. Come on. Yep. Because yep. it's not a popular, what you call it? No, it's not. It's, yeah. You know, so you're really getting either some old school people or you probably get somebody with technical background that you would teach that. Yeah. Do you have any form of apprenticeship? Yeah. That's your best bet. It's to build somebody into it. Right. But. So, I mean, these are the things that, you know, you know, I hear. I mean, this is after I talk, after I do my talk, I hear the, I hear these same questions all the time. Mm-hmm. How do I get black women? How do we get my minorities in there? Well, the thing is, the, requir- the criteria for a man to get in is different for a woman to get in. Mm-hmm. You'll think that they're going to say, no, it's not. Yeah, uh, it, well, yes, it, it is. is. I said, if I tell you how to do it, you're saying you're lowering your standards. But you are lowering your standards for the men you bring it in. Well, we're really not. Well, let me explain how you are. Mm-hmm. Well, no, not necessarily. See, you're not even understanding your own process. And, and that's part of the problem, mm-hmm. too. Because they're always saying, oh, no, well, you know, we want more women. I said, well, I'm going to tell you how y'all do it. Your boy, working in the company, have a friend, hook him up, have no skills, no experience. Mm-hmm. You bring him in. Oh, he was, he was in my dorm. Yeah. Or oh, he's uh, my frat brother. Yeah, exactly. A woman comes along, don't have to hook up. Has the skills, and you're gonna say mm, she's not a good fit. Or remember, you told me this too. There's this guy who has a degree from Georgia Tech, Georgia, ah, Georgia State, 
And then in this woman who went to a boot camp, who's been programming and, and knows the job, but they're going to get the guy with the degree because it's most likely he'll be able to do the job, but he has no experience. Mm-hmm. He just has the degree. But they're going to bypass the woman because, eh, you know, we, we, we trying to get someone with a degree. No, what you really want is a person with the experience. Yeah, and that's what's going on. Now they're starting to see now that a college degree don't mean nothing. Because if the people if come, you can do the job, right? Because the people coming out of college who claim they have this coding experience, the code is old. They learn, yeah. They ain't not that keeping up it's with the current. no, it's not. And so they're so when people ask another thing, a lot of um, people ask me, a lot of young people ask me, a lot of women ask me, should I go to college for it? And I'm like, listen, there's boot camps out there. Mm-hmm. That's like ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars. A college degree costs. Maybe three, four, five, six times that much. Take the boot camp, mm-hmm. learn the code, do your portfolio, go get hired at a company. Let them pay for your college degree. Yeah, if that's what you want as a degree. If that's what you want, exactly. And or, or if that's what they require. Right, exactly. Yeah. And a lot of them are stopping stopping that requirement now. Mm-hmm. They're not looking. They put it on there, but they're starting to understand the college degree don't mean nothing. Well, they they like a lot of plug and play now. Because you want, hey, look, I need somebody to be up to s- speed to code because we got a project. We're hiring you for a project. We're not just hiring people to be programmers. Mm-hmm. We're hiring people for projects. So if you can code right now, I need you. I don't need someone I have to teach and bring them along and put them in the bullpen with the rest of them. I need someone who can contribute immediately. And that's where a lot of businesses are looking at. Yeah, so well, like you're absolutely I, right. Well, like I did in my presentation, mobile um, engineers are in high demand, but women are not in, cannot get into that cap, that cannot get into that field. It's a very hard field to get in. And some of the women that I know, know who got into it, either was working for a company and got promoted into it, or they had a mentor that showed them how to get into the field, into doing it. Right. So it it varies. So, you know, again, these are things that people ask me after I do my talk. And it is just amazing. I try to direct as many women as possible into coding. Um to learn to do there's a lot of free boot camps out there for them to actually learn from. Um and I tell them just go for it if they like it. Um, then, you know, keep on going with it. And, you know, yeah, I mean, that's if they like it. I tell them it's always good to find out if you like coding because a lot of women say they want to code and realize that's not for them. But try it. Mm -hmm. You know, I know sometimes it excites people because they see it from a distance, but sometimes some people don't have the mental aptitude to do it. I get bored. I can code, but I get bored Mm -hmm. because... Coding takes a lot of discipline to stick with it and go over it and stick with it Mm -hmm. and go over it. I don't have the actual discipline to do that. Right. One other advantage you have is you get to travel. And this time you travel to London. So after the conference and all, what was your thoughts about London? It was, you know what? I can't compare it to anything besides that. It's a fast-paced city. Mm-hmm. It reminds a little bit of New York. Not as dirty. <laughs> Obviously. Um, 
very green, a lot of greenery, mm-hmm. a lot, much more than I expected. Someone like, a, I mean, it was, it, it was different. My experience, my, I love, no, get me wrong. I love, London was like, everything was like walking distance. That I did like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we got to tour London by walking a lot of it. Don't get us wrong. Our feet was messed up after the fact. I was walking. I was like, I was exhausted. But it was so cool to know that I can walk London. Mm-hmm. You know, because the, um, the palace was not that far. Nope. And that was really cool. You know, just, well, the fact is that all them people was there. I mean, that place was just like. It was, it was jam-packed. It was like everywhere. It's mm-hmm. like they were waiting for somebody to come in. <laughs> no, it was the changing of the guards. Right. And okay. then we got to see the changing of the guard with the military. Because you don't uh-huh. know, the, the military normally, according to, we were escorted, which was really cool. With Charlotte. Yep, Charlotte and, and her dad, dad Paul. Which yes, was fantastic. Oh my gosh, we loved them to death. Oh, I can't. So I, our new best friends. I know. I can't. And we're like, okay, you're gonna have to come to Georgia. We're gonna throw everybody out okay, the house. We're gonna come back to London. <laughs> so, but um, they were saying this is a different day because it's not just your regular changing of the guard. It was the military was was involved in this one. He's like, well, this is different. That's they don't normally do this. So you're you're got a chance to see it. Couldn't get really a lot of pictures because there was people everywhere. Yes, there they were. They were at a distance up against the gate. Yes, I mean oh, we couldn't was... even we couldn't even get into. I mean there was people right at the gate. It's like I was hoping I was, maybe I can get into the gate and they wouldn't even let me in. And then the, all of the. The police on the outside was shoveling you like, get back, get back, mm-hmm. get across the street, hurry up across the street. <laughs> what are you waiting on? I was like, damn. I'm, sorry, I'm glad they're not like New York police. <laughs> no, no. It was, but it was just, it's just, how can I say it? It was just so different. So, I mean, like there's no, I, I don't know what, I can't, it's not to compare with anything, but it was just like the nicest place to be. So it was a combination of a lot of things. This was really unique. Um, it reminded me of D.C. So when you go around to D.C., you can see ah, all of the, the, monuments. Know, the museums, the yeah. monuments, yes. the White House, where Congress is. And then you go around in the other areas. This is The Pentagon is way out of the way. But you have all of your like department areas. It's all in that immediate area. But this was... Fantastic. And then on the top of that, drop Wall Street in D.C. In the middle. And that's what London had. So yeah. London had the financial district as well as the the, the monuments and, and all of that all together. And then and it was just a great flow, but it was just so different. And the one thing that stood out was the diversity. Yep. It was amazing how we seen so many different people speaking so many different languages. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, since this is Europe, you had plenty of Europeans in there. But that you wasn't, had- you know, you, we were looking at. I was looking at. It, I was like, you know, there's like, you know, like you were saying when we were there, like, babe, you know, there be like the Asian in this area mm-hmm. that won't blend into the Jewish on this area that won't blend into the Ar- um, the um, Arabic 
on this area, you mm-hmm. know, because in Atlanta, you know, we just have different sections. You don't see them blending in. No, no, not at all. And when you were in when London, there was just a blender and people just walking in different colors and different nationalities. And it was like no people looking at them weird or. It was and it was a, you know, when they say New York is a melting pot mm-hmm. and how everyone is totally together. But. You can go to New York now and you still got Chinatown and you still got Little Italy and you got Harlem. Well, it's still segregated, you know, even though Mm -hmm. in the main part of New York, when you go to like Times Square or Wall Street or any other areas, there's a blending because they work. But where we went and we walked plenty of London, that was just you had Asians and you had. Muslims and you had traditional Muslims. There was only a few Jews that we seen, or what is the traditional Jewish Orthodox? The, yeah, Orthodox. I only saw a couple. Of I those. think I saw I about one, but them. I don't think I think they were there visiting more so than actually living, living there. there. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. and another thing is you know having a conversation with Charlotte and Paul. Mm-hmm. It was just like so, like you know, the norm. So you I, know? I love that. Is they lived. With the tradition, and they knew it, and the history, and the history, they, yeah, the history. Paul knew the history. Well, oh, Paul, Paul was no Paul joke. Work with the magistrate, yeah. So he he lived it, and he understood the the how Parliament and everything else works. And um, it was a he he directed us to a, a lot of places that hey, this is where the defense is right here. This is their building. Oh, this is where they had executions. This is the old yes, building. Yes, yes. I was like, Damn. Yes, he, he like, and like when they um cut off the king's head, he yep. said yep. people didn't believe him. So they had to put him out on this. On yeah, this. they put him out on a stage. Like, he said, oh, here's a little restaurant. Um, What is it? something and quartered and he said yeah that's what we used to do we would kill somebody we would um <laughs> hung and they said we would hang them but we really wouldn't hang them and then we cut their body up and then we package it up and give it to their family <laughs> i was like damn yeah, he, i mean and quartered i yeah. mean the history of london is is very religious yeah because yeah, they got a, yeah a lot of the I think Protestant and Catholic, the, the Catholic, in yeah, that way. yeah, yeah, Catholic. Because we went the to the Irish National Museum and you know, we saw a lot of that. Oh yeah, it was, it was all over the place. Yeah, you saw, but there was other parts that, yeah. yeah, and we was like, okay, a little yeah, bit too move much. Along. Yes. Move along. nothing to see here. It, it was a free museum though. It was beautifully done. Mm-hmm. And then um, yeah, they asked for contributions, which mm-hmm. you should do anyway. Yeah, it was really. I love the layout too. Yeah, because um, Charlotte and Paul said, go to the museum. And it's for free. They try to get us into the church, but the lines were so goddamn long in the yeah. church. You could, I was like, no. And it was like 20 pounds. Yeah. And it was like, that's a lot of money. And the pound was like 1.33. So yeah. yeah. It was spending high. a little more money. Yeah, it was high. So we kind of passed that up. But um, the um, but the tour of, of, of London was amazing. Yep. Yep. So because they, she was showing us like, this right here, this long street, this is where they come plot downs a mile long. Mm. I mean, there were just just things. We have pictures of a lot of things we he talked about, and it was just so. Oh, and then we did the boat ride. Oh yeah, we did the boat ride. So we went down the time with the oyster card. Yeah, 
<laughs> it, was, it was really cool with the underground. So, oh my gosh, their their um, subway system or mass transit system, Piccadilly line. Yeah, so we was on the Piccadilly line. We was on the Piccadilly line. It was cool. It was really it. It was old, but it was clean. Yep. So that was the other thing. And there was another. Thing. He told us about the history of the underground. Mm-hmm. It, it goes way, way, way down. It goes back to how far World War, one of the Maybe wars, one, or two, one, one or of the two, wars, but, uh, and there's it, one exit, we, one tr- stop we came up, and it was so, we yeah. were deep underground. And yeah, the escalator was like almost straight up. Yeah. Kind of like, Jesus. Yep. This is way underground. Mm-hmm. And he said, but most of it is really not as far down, but the older ones were really. You know, they went further down from that. But they he, they gave us such great history. Oh, and yeah. to me, oh, it, was, yes. it was worth it. But then you turn around and one of the highlights of it, which I wanted to do, and if I go to Ireland or Scotland, that's the next thing I want to do too, is the beers and the pubs was fantastic. So we went through in the World Cup time, so it was always a good opportunity. It was the best time to be in England when they were playing Because the football. English were playing and it's football. they were winning and football. Football. Yep. Not, I Not mean, soccer. soccer in, in, in so England is football. When I came football. back here, I'll tell them, yeah, we was looking at soccer, but really we were watching football. football. What's the other word we, were, we seen? Was footy? Fitty, footy? Um, it was footy, footy? I think it's footy. I think it was footy, yeah. Yeah, let's watch footy. Yeah, that's what footy. some of them were saying that too. It was like, the that hell was is weird. footy? And then it was, yeah, that's what it was. It was footy. But right. it was, a, oh, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you so much. We are so in we, love we with you. We still got to uh, thank Jen because Jen took us uh, on as well. She's a food oh, person, a foodie. Jen knows uh, her food. And she just highlighted some areas that was so delicious. Her mm-hmm. taste in food is immaculate. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure meeting her as well. But, Jen um, is amazing. She's the, that woman that is fierce so and powerful. Amazing. And but. she, we had such a good time. Um, it just was good. When I, when I said... When um when I was interviewing with Charlotte last year at um GitHub, yep GitHub, and she the video I done and um she was like, oh she said, my dad my dad and I was like I want to meet your dad because he is like so far I was so impressed with him by just coming out of Charlotte's mouth that's all she talked about was her dad so it was amazing meeting her dad like I said me and Michael had such a good time Charlotte told me you know if I ever come to London reach out to her and I did and she did not did not did not disappoint I promise you she did not disappoint and no y'all cannot meet her <laughs> that ain't happening She's, anyway. she belongs to me and Mr. Carr yep. Paul did you hear me say that <laughs> But we really enjoyed ourselves. Um, but it was a good conference. Like Lisa said, a small conference, but you really felt the intimacy was really oh, I, yeah. I really liked because there was there was a lot more closeness there and it seemed more relevant because mm-hmm. most of the talks was what people wanted to hear and you saw the consistency of the people showing up every day that was there. For a reason, where some of these conferences, they show up for maybe one or two people and they don't show back up. Mm -hmm. But this Mm -hmm. seemed like this was really, really good. So, really good conference. Oh, don't forget. Remember who we met at the end? Who we met at the end? The judge. 
Oh, and you know what? We didn't get her name because I can't. Oh. I can't remember her name. Me neither. Oh, but she but was we don't amazing. need to ne- mention her name. Let's yeah, let's she not. Was because amazing. She, she. That was the like the highlight of. I think that that was the end of our uh, tour, mm-hmm. and, and we then, got yeah. Because after that, we we just we had to leave because it was it was getting late and our feet was killing us. Yeah. <laughs> And Paul introduced us to one of his um, protege. Can you say protege? Would yeah, it be? It's one she was amazing. She she is a judge in in uh, um, England, and she is an amazing judge. And you know, it was just she does some. Even though she knows what she do, she has to do. She tries to do it the best way she can, and I have to respect her for that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but she was she was she was another brilliant woman that well I really enjoyed meeting and listening to, and um she once again another woman that had major energy I mm-hmm. swear very, very I remember much. she was saying and the white people <laughs> I was like wow say it girl you in the position say and it. you know what that was just just a different just different thing to hear. You know, because it was Paul and, and Charlotte was there. And you know what? The thing was is that I think they all related to the issues that she had to deal with and respected that. But I think I think Paul already knew. Yes, Paul. Because he worked with her. But I think Charlotte knows because that's her dad. Yeah. So they probably had conversations in reference to different things. Doesn't mean that they agree because, you know, that's, that's true. the conversation between them two. About certain issues that they didn't necessarily agree with it too, which I like. You you should have your own opinion, but um, I thought it was really good. I thought I I loved their relationship. I they do really, too. Really, I do I too. Enjoyed their company so much, so much. You don't get that a lot. You don't intelligent no, you don't. people that's open and warm. Yes, exactly, and beautiful, and have and to, beautiful, beautiful yes. spirits, beautiful, beautiful energy. Everything. Yes, yep. yes. I love you, Charlotte and Paul. I love you. <laughs> But thank you so much. We, uh, I appreciate you stopping by Women Tech Talk. Um, Alicia has some other ones she want to get back into because this is the first of this year. We have a lot of the older 2017s. Well, this is the first one for this year. So she does have a couple of more things she wants to do. So we'll be back in about. So look out to Women Tech Talk that you can get on all downloads of podcasts and she'll put it on a twitter account what find blk woman mm-hmm. on twitter and bougie black bro bro on twitter or go to bougieblackbrother.com and hit the icon that says women tech talk i'll go to the menu at the top and you drop down and you'll see all the previous ones so that's what we got Yes, we do. So we appreciate you, and we'll see you next time on Woman Tech Talk on the Bougie Black Brother Network. See ya.